We're going to go into our scripture today, which comes from uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. We're going to be reading the NIV, uh, doing a, a, a sort of call and response. I'll read the first verse, and we'll all respond together with the verse after that. We'll go back and forth until uh, verse 24. And so if you want to look that up in the Pew Bibles, uh, most of the Pew Bibles should be NIVs. Uh, or if you have your own Bible app, that's an NIV. Um, and uh, we're actually working on replacing our Pew Bibles because you probably have noticed that I actually use the ESV. Uh, it, but we do this part with the NIV just because that's what we have. <laughs> but we're, hopefully we'll be able to replace those Pew Bibles soon. Uh, but if you could please stand for the reading of God's Word for us. Again, it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we are continuing our sermon series, Metanoia, and today's message is called Behold. We're going to be talking about treasure today. Um, you, you notice that the word treasure was used uh, in this passage. And I heard it once said that maybe a better question than do you believe in Jesus or do you love Jesus um, is, is Jesus your treasure? And so, um, you know, thinking about treasure, uh, I want us to understand what treasure is because sometimes treasure can be kind of subjective, right? Um, so I want to share with you one of my favorite movies. Uh, so you may not be able to tell. Uh, some of you uh, Toy Story aficionados might be able to tell which Toy Story this is from. Does anyone know, just out of curiosity? Oh, hey, good job. Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, you, you can tell because this is the, the garage sale, right? And so, uh, Toy Story is about uh, these beloved toys that belong to this boy, Andy, right? And the, this beloved cowboy toy accidentally uh, ends up in the pile for the, the, the garage sale. And so, um, the, the guy in the back, you, you can kind of see him uh, just from <laughs> up to his chin, uh, but uh, that, that's, that, his name is Al, and he's a toy collector. And so, he finds uh, th- this Woody doll and gets really excited. Because he knows that there are collectors in Japan that will pay thousands of dollars for this toy, right? And so he tried to very casually, like, oh, hey, how much is this cowboy toy? Can, can I give you, you know, I, I don't know, five bucks for it? You know, and, and of course, you know, Andy's mom is like, no, I don't know how that got in there. You know, that's not for sale. And he's like, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks, you know, and no amount of money will be enough. And of course, you know, not that this is important to the sermon, but he ends up stealing Woody and then they have to get him back and that's the whole plot. But, uh, uh, you know, the idea is that Woody is a treasure in different ways, right? 
Um, he's a treasure uh, to Andy because he is this beloved toy uh, that's been in the family, right? Maybe for s- several generations, we don't know. Um, and he's also, uh, he's also uh, a treasure to the toy collector because he knows that, that uh, someone will pay thousands of dollars because of the nostalgia of this TV show that Woody was from, right? But for many people, they probably would have gone to that uh, garage sale and just passed over this toy. Right? They just would have been like, ah, it's a dirty cowboy toy. Right? It's worthless. Right? You know, sometimes we say, um, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right? Maybe you've heard that. You know, what is treasure? Um, is there some kind of objective treasure? For many of us, it is subjective. Your treasure may not be the same as another treasure. But I think that many of the treasures that we have in this world, that Many of us are, are taught to believe our treasures. What Jesus is trying to tell us is that it is no treasure at all. It is no treasure at all. But we have come to believe that those things really are our treasure. I, I want to talk about, um, of course, you know, <laughs> there are the heavenly treasures, right? Uh, there is Jesus. There is our faith in him. There is the kingdom of God. There are these things that should be treasures to us. But I wonder for many of us, you know, maybe you, you, you hear the lyrics, you know, to, to a song like Good, Good Father, which uh, I'd heard some people uh, you, you were kind of getting sick of the song because it was like so overplayed. You know, you're a good, good father to you, to you. And maybe just for some people, that's what it's like. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't mean anything to you, you know. And maybe like sometimes we read the Bible and these things, it's not a treasure to us. You know, what would be a treasure? Imagine you're Al and you know that this cowboy toy is worth thousands of dollars. You see the cowboy toy and you're like, whoo, right? Like like your your heart starts beating faster, right? Your your eyes get bigger. You know, you're just like, oh my gosh. You know, and, and Al, like, like when, when he ends up stealing, uh, Woody, he like, like puts him in something in, 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 he puts him in a chest and he locks it. Right? I need to protect this. Right? I, I, I need to make sure no one else can get this treasure. It's mine. You know, I, I don't think for many of us, we don't think about spiritual things that way. Right? Yeah? And brothers and sisters, I want to say that that's a lot of us. That's me on many days. So I want to learn, how can we really understand what really is treasure and what isn't? How can we not just, you know, believe it in some kind of intellectual capacity, like, okay, that makes sense. You know, maybe the things of God are worth more than the things of the world. But to really, you know, in the owl kind of way, right? Where you're just like, oh yeah, this is good. This is what really matters. This is what I want to live my life for. Right? This is what is permanent and lasting and eternal. Right? Isn't that what you want? I want that so much. To really know that and believe that in every fiber of my being. So that's what today's message is about. So let's dive right into the scripture. And so Jesus tells us, do not lay up for yourself these so-called treasures on earth. You know, the money, the gold. What, what, what are those things? The, the reputation, the cars, 
the mansions, you know, all this stuff, you know, whatever it is, you know, the, the, the phones, you know, the Nintendo Switches, the computers, the gadgets, the vacations, you know, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So Jesus is already telling us these things will not last. I remember watching uh, this movie, uh, American Gangsters, with Denzel Washington. And it's about this guy, you know, who, of course, you know, he, he he's, uh, has his illegal drug trade. So he's a criminal. But he makes all this money. And so with it, he buys, you know, like all these nice things. And there's this scene where he buys this brand new Cadillac, right? And, and so, you know, people are looking at that Cadillac, and they're just like, woo! Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, oh, how did you get that? And they're like fawning and drooling over this thing. So this is the thing. American Gangster takes place in the 70s. So what's kind of funny to me is when you look at the Cadillac, you're like, that's a piece of junk, right? It's a piece of junk now. To them, that was treasure, right? But how many of you, the treasures you had 10 years ago are still treasures now, Right? How many of you, your first phone that you got that you're like, oh, my flip phone. Oh, is that a treasure now? I heard flip phones are actually coming back. But for most of us, it's not. It's like, you can't get videos on that. You can't search the internet. Right? Is that a treasure? Right? I remember back in the day before we had like, you know, all these like Nintendo Switches and stuff. It was so cool to have a graphing calculator. Where you could play Tetris on it, you know? That was a treasure. Oh, Tetris, look. Look, you can kind of tell it's Tetris, you know? And I thought that was the coolest thing, right? Many of these things, they pass. They do not last, right? And, and many times, you know, we've been talking a lot about this, but it, it doesn't even bring you the kind of joy that we think it will. Yes, it feels good for the moment, but it does pass, Right? And it does fade away. And so Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves. What does that mean, lay up? Is he talking about basketball? A layup? Do not lay up. Right? Do not store. Do not hoard. Do not pile. Right? In other words, do not spend your life on this. Right? You know, we believe that our life is more than just these things. But you can spend your whole life on these things that fade and do not last. Most people do. Jesus knows that. We spend so much time not just doing it, laying it up, but thinking about it, worrying about it, right? Uh, Kind of the companion scripture to this is the passage about not being anxious. And we're going to do that next week. And so we'll kind of build on that. But there's so much energy and time and effort spent on things that, I mean, really, how long is it going to last? How much joy is it going to give you? By the time the joy is gone, you got to find something else. You, you got to, I mean, you know, you save up 10 years for this one thing, this car that's going to bring you all this joy. Ah, next year, your car's not new anymore. You got to spend another 10 years for the next new car. Ah, <laughs> Another year, another six months. It's not new again. You got to keep doing this, right? So Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, right? Now, he doesn't say, do not work. He doesn't say, don't have possessions, 
right? He doesn't say do not lay up possessions. He says do not lay up treasures, right? So yes, you do have to work. Yes, you do need food, right? But it's what these things mean to you, right? That's what what Jesus is focused on. Is that thing to you a treasure? The thing that is going to make your life better. The thing that is going to bring you joy. The thing that is going to give you meaning. The thing that is going to, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, I have a new car, right? Maybe the next day. I don't know if it goes much longer than a week, to be honest. That new car feeling. You know, I I don't know that, you know, getting that job that you were so excited to get. You know, maybe for some of us, it'll last for a little bit, but I don't know how far that feeling goes every morning you wake up and you're like, ah, (laughs) you know, before it just becomes another job. And maybe you start thinking, oh, it's because I need a better job, right? Is that you? I think that's a lot of us. I think that's this world that we live in, right? And so Jesus wants to teach us a better way. So he says, instead... Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? Now, we have been talking about heaven, that heaven is the realm of God, right? I know that most people think of this just as, you know, the way we traditionally read this is lay up for yourself treasures that you will be able to cash after you die. Now, I do think that that's part of it. Right, But I think that this way of talking about treasures in heaven is a way of saying that if these are spiritual treasures, if these are the treasures that belong to the realm of God, then they cannot waste away. They cannot rot. Right? I think that's what Jesus is talking about. But I do believe, I really do believe, you can enjoy, yes, heavenly treasure for all of eternity, of course, But you can enjoy heavenly treasure now. This is the key for many Christians. Because for a lot of people, we're like, yeah, okay, but when is heaven going to come? It's after I die. You know, maybe I live 90 years, 100 years. It's a long time. We We don't really think about that. Now, of course, you know, this life is just a drop in the bucket. If there really is an eternity, right? I mean... Thousands, millions, eons, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it's just going to go on without end. That's what we believe as Christians. This world is just a drop in the bucket. But I do understand that while we are here on earth, you know, maybe we, we think that we're supposed to compartmentalize, right? We're like, okay, well, I can have my treasures on earth now. And then when I die someday, I'll have the treasures in heaven. Right? But Jesus is telling us, no, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. They don't last. Yes, it won't last into eternity. It doesn't even last now. Right? But the heavenly treasure cannot be touched. It's eternal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Right? So he's saying, store up. Live for that. Right? You know, I think for even for people who think that this is all about the afterlife, after we die, we still don't pay attention to that word, lay up, store, live for, actually make your life about those things. Instead, what we say is, well, uh, you know, I believe in Jesus. So the actuality for many of us, for many, many Christians, is I'm going to live my life for the material stuff. 
I'm going to spend my whole life hoarding this. I say a prayer, maybe go to church sometimes, and that will be what is good for all of eternity. But that's not what Jesus says here, right? Right? I, I hope you hear that. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts. You know, this is what a lot of us, we live for. You know, the things that bring joy to your heart, peace to your heart, right? How many of you, your hearts are troubled? Why are our hearts troubled? Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if your treasure is these impermanent things that cannot last, right? The money, the possessions. And by the way, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying all those things are bad. You know, for some of us, yeah, maybe it is about, you know, that American dream of having luxury, right? Of being really prosperous. But for some of us, it's just about surviving, Yes, God knows you need those things. That's what we're going to talk about next week. God does know you need food. God does know you need shelter. God does know you need clothes, right? He doesn't want naked Christians as far as I can tell, right? Those things are important, but they're not meant to be treasures. Do you hear that? Those things cannot become ultimate for you. Uh, Tim Keller talks often about his definition of idolatry. Is it is making a good thing an ultimate thing. It's making the, the good things uh, that are supposed to be tools that you use in this world, that you're making them into something that will become your treasure, Right? And so your treasure is what you dream about. Your treasure is what you think about, what you meditate on, what you're reading about in your free time, right? And so for many of us, that's where our heart is. And so, you know, there's many people, you know, maybe you're looking at magazines of very glamorous people, beautiful people. And, and, and your treasure starts to be that. I'm supposed to be beautiful. I'm supposed to be prosperous. Right? You're thinking about, you know, that future. You know, oh man, if I can get into med school, if I can become a doctor, if I can make this amount of money, if I can make it to the end of the semester, and you think about it, right? You're dreaming about it. That's where your heart is. But remember what Jesus says those things are not permanent, those things are unstable. So if your heart is there, then where is, what is happening to your heart? Your heart is unstable. Does that make sense, brothers and sisters? Does that make sense why so many of us have restless hearts? Why so many of us are unhappy? Right? We have put our treasure in these things. And Jesus is saying, your heart is there. So of course your heart is restless. Of course you are unstable. Right? And by the way, as soon as you get that treasure, you're going to have to chase the next one. Right? But the eternal things do not change. They do not shift. So right now, you can have peace. That is Jesus' promise. Right? And so, you know, sometimes we, we uh, I mentioned this, this, this phrase, 
Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, sorry, this thing is not working right now. Can you change the slide for me? Okay. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, and so we were talking about how uh, subjective treasure can be. But I, I, I like that phrase, beholder, you know, that, that, yes, treasure might change based on who is seeing it. Jesus is trying to tell us that objectively, what really is treasure are the eternal things, are the things of God. Jesus Christ is treasure, right? Um, but we may not be able to behold that. Uh, can we go to the next slide? Uh, this is a definition of the word behold. It says to see or observe a thing or person, especially a remarkable or impressive one. So behold is a, a, a phrase that doesn't really get used much anymore. It, it seems like a very, like, I, I don't know, kind of like a majestic word. Behold, right? Like, like a, you know, I, 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 we, we don't use it in ordinary language. Like, you know, it means to look at something, to observe something. You know, so if I'm trying to show you my jacket, uh, I'm n- normally not like, behold my jackets, right? It doesn't make sense, right? But let's say there's like a king. You know, a king comes in splendor. And you're like, behold the king. That makes sense, right? There's a great treasure. Behold the treasure of Montezuma or whatever, right? And you're like, oh, I behold it, right? You see uh, that it is remarkable. It is impressive. It is of great value, Right? And so beauty being in the eye of the beholder is that you learn to see the value of that thing. Right? It becomes remarkable, impressive to you. Right? And this is all about your seeing, your observing. And so wouldn't you know it, Jesus will talk about seeing and observing. This is the connection. This is how we get treasure with your eyes. Okay? I mean, figure like literally your eyes, but also metaphorically in terms of what you are really focused upon, right? What you are looking at, what you are thinking about. So uh, let's go to the next slide. So uh, Jesus continues, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So Jesus is talking about the eye is helping you to see what treasure is. But if your eyes are bad, you're not going to see that it's treasure. Does that make sense? Yeah? So there are maybe times where you think something is treasure, but it really turns out to be worthless. Let's go to the next slide. Um, So... (laughs) I don't know if you guys can read this. If anyone gets boardwalk, hit me up. We can make this money together, right? Because this guy has Park Place. Have you guys ever played uh, uh, McDonald's Monopoly? Some of the younger youth group kids uh, are sixth graders. Have you guys played McDonald's Monopoly? Yeah? Okay, let me explain this to you. So it's like regular Monopoly, but you get pieces on your fries or like your drink, right? And if you are able to uh, get a Monopoly, like get all the, 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 the properties of the same color, you win prizes, right? And so Park Place and Boardwalk in the game of Monopoly are the most valuable ones. And if you get Park Place and Boardwalk, you win a million dollars, 
right? I remember when I was little, I got Park Place, and the first time I got it, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I am one piece away from winning a million dollars. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. I was like so excited. I was like thinking about it. What am I going to buy with my million dollars? You know, I was so excited. What I didn't know, and maybe, you know, some of you guys are chuckling, Park Place is worthless, It's absolutely worthless. They print thousands of Park Place pieces, but only one boardwalk. You didn't know that? You guys didn't know that? (laughs) That's how it works. There are, (laughs) you learned something today. Yeah. There's thousands of Park Place pieces. They're completely worthless, right? And so for many of us, you don't know that. You know, you, you think these things are worth something. You know, we don't have the right understanding. We don't have the right eyes to see that. But for once you learn, you know, you know, you get the park place, you're like, ah, you can throw that away. Don't worry, there'll be more, right? There's thousands of these, you know? Um, but of course, if you get the boardwalk, give it to me, okay? So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so brothers and sisters, um, I, I want to kind of clarify going, uh, next slide, please. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, it's working again. Uh, so <laughs> don't worry about that one. We'll get there. <laughs> I know that that's like a meme. So that's very exciting. But the eye is the lamp of the body, right? That's what it's saying. What it's trying to say is that if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light, right? So if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? If your eyes are good, your body will be full of light. If you have uh, eyes that are tuned to the light, you will be full of light. If you have eyes that are attuned to the dark, you will be full of darkness. So what we are trying to talk about is the eye of the beholder. What you have learned to see as treasure. And many of us, we have learned to see worthless things as treasure. We bought into it. We bought into it. So your whole body is filled with darkness, with despair, with this feeling that, oh, these permanent, these impermanent things are supposed to satisfy me. And you're trying so hard. Come on, possessions. Come on, job. Right? Come on, boyfriend or girlfriend. Come on. Do it for me. Right? Like, really just make me feel better. Right? Satisfy me. And it won't work. Your whole body is full of darkness. You're restless. And then the problem that Jesus is saying, it's your eyes. Your eyes have been trained to look at these things and treasure them, right? That's Madison Avenue. That's the whole advertising business, right? Capitalism is run on trying to convince you that these things really matter in terms of happiness, in terms of joy, right? That they really will be a difference maker. And we live in this world where everyone has been trained to see in this way. Yes, these things will last. Yes, these things will be ha- make me happy, right? There's always these shows, and they come along, and they always filter through, and there's like always new versions of it. Um, when I was growing up, it was called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Anyone maybe who's a little bit older remember this show? It was with Robin Leach, and they would take you to some celebrity or some rich, famous person's house and show you their crib. 
and, and just show you just all the luxury they have. And I remember, I used to love this show, right? I remember the, the coolest ones to me were people who either had a bowling alley or a, a basketball court in their house. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest. Like, that was my dream. I was like, I want to have a basketball court in my house, like indoor, right? It's going to have like the nice hardwood, wood, you know? Brothers and sisters, it's not going to make you happy. It's not. Every generation, we have these different shows. We have these different things. You know, now, like, like uh, then, then a few years later, there was something called uh, MTV Cribs, right? It's the, the same thing. It's the exact same thing, right? Lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? And now you have YouTube stars. Hey, look at my, my pad. Look at my, right? Like, you have all these people who are trying to convince you, this is treasure. And, and, and we get kind of like, in a way, brainwashed. Heart washed, I don't know. <laughs> Eye washed, right? Our eyes get tuned to see those things. And so if you are focused on that, Jesus tells us something. Um, uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> this is where the, the whole thing comes in. Uh, sorry, this isn't working again. <laughs> uh, how good are your eyes? <laughs> how good are your eyes? Can you trust your eyes? We think we can, brothers and sisters. But maybe you have come to a place where you are starting to realize that what this world has sold you on, what this world has convinced you to look at and to treasure, is really not. It's really not. And we are really blind. (laughs) We really can't see what is worthwhile. All right, so um, this is the last part of the passage. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Um, I am told that the human eye, uh, the way it works is you can only focus on one thing at a time. Right? Yes, we have peripheral vision, but there's only one thing that will truly be in focus at a time. Right? And so, of course, your eyes have to shift around. Right to see things perfectly. Oh, Mike, you look so good. I can see your your beard in perfect HD quality. This is great, right? But if I, now I focus over here on Simon, I can't see his beautiful beard, right? I'm not in, in the same kind of sharp focus, right? And this is the way it works in life. That many of us we believe this lie, brothers and sisters. I mean, how many times have we read the scripture? But still, American Christians, Western Christians, we believe this lie that you can love both. You can love both. God and money. You can focus on both and it'll be just fine. Yeah, 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 God, God. You you know, God will give you eternal life after you die. But right now, I'm about that cheddar. (laughs) I'm about that money, right? That's for many of us, right? But Jesus is so clear. Cannot serve two masters. Why? Because your eye can only focus on one thing at a time. It can only truly have one treasure, right? I mean, it's true that for many things, like there's going to be a time, there's going to be a choice. What is going to matter to you more? What is going to really make you happy? Now, of course, this world, it doesn't deliver. But it doesn't mean we don't try. We keep trying. We keep trying. We keep looking at it. We keep focusing on it, right? We keep chasing it, thinking that this will make us happy. But Jesus says, either you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. You cannot love both God and money, right? And it really is about love. 
This is the beautiful thing about the treasure that is God, right? Brothers and sisters, you can write this down you can, or just try to remember this, right? I mean, it's so simple, but it's so true. Money won't love you back. Amen? Money won't love you back. But God will. This treasure is eternal because God is alive, right? He's eternally alive. That's why it's an eternal treasure. He will always be there for you. Your money, your goods, your stuff, it will be good for a short amount of time. And then it's not good anymore. Or it's not good enough. You need more. It never lasts. But God can love you back. Right? But what we need to learn is how to fix our eyes on the things of God so it starts to become treasure. This is one of the things um, I might share more next week when we talk about the anxiety stuff. Um, I've been going through a really tough couple weeks. And um, one of the things that people have been helping me is a lot of people have been sending me scriptures. And they've been sending me songs. And one of the things that that, um, I realized is that I was focused so much on the things that were making me anxious and afraid. But what I've been learning to do uh, the, the past, especially the last week, I mean, this stuff is like really recent for me, really raw. I, I hope you can feel that this isn't just a sermon for me. But this is something that I have come to really treasure and need to believe and rely upon. Um, th- there's times where, you know, I was going through a hard time and I'm feeling these things. I have been attuned to um, darkness, right? attuned to fear. All I see is fear. All I feel is fear. But what I've been learning to do is to take my eyes off that and I read the scripture and I I try to bring my soul into agreement with that. Right? You read these things about God and, and just there's a part of me where I just say, yes, yes. You are a good, good father. Yes, yes. You won't fail me. You won't let me down. Yes. And to just come into agreement with that. I listen to these praise songs. And instead of, you're a good, good father, you know, just really put your mind and your heart there. Uh, Pastor John mentioned this passage um, at the retreat. And I think this is so fitting. I, I've been meditating on this scripture a lot too. Philippians 4.8. Um Oh, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Uh, Max Lucado uh, wrote a book called Anxious About Nothing. And he said, you know, this passage, it sounds like a lot of work. Right? You have to come up with like eight different things to think about. Like, okay, what is a commendable thing? What is an excellent thing? And he said, if you're having any trouble with finding something on this list, there is one thing that will fulfill all eight. Easy. Jesus. Think about Jesus. Jesus is true, honorable. Jesus is just. Jesus is pure. Jesus is lovely. Jesus is commendable. Jesus is excellent. Jesus is worthy of praise. Think about these things. Put your mind there. This is why scripture is so important, brothers and sisters. Many of us, 
We're spending so much time in this world. You're inundated. This world is telling you, look at this treasure, look at this treasure, look at this treasure, right? But when we look at the eternal word of God, and it tells us who God is, Brothers and sisters, I wonder as we learn to read that scripture and to really soak it in, that we learn uh, 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 for our eyes to be attuned. It really does become treasure for us. Uh, let's read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there are many people who have learned to, to see in this way, brothers and sisters. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking, looking, beholding Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at Jesus. And the more you look at Jesus, the more you read these scriptures, and you you, you bring your mind and your heart into agreement with them. Yes, yes, you are the author and perfecter of my faith. Yes, you are a good, good father. You can do it with praise songs, brothers and sisters. The more you bring yourself into agreement with it, the more your eyes become light. And the more that your whole life becomes filled with light. Brothers and sisters, so many good scriptures out there. Oh my gosh, I mean, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Another uh, translation of, his, uh, of it is, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. He will take care of me. This is one uh, 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 Brother David Beck sent to me this week. Um, John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage you as you go through life. You know, start uh, uh, reading these scriptures, accumulating these scriptures. You know, put them on your phone. (laughs) Write them on a piece of paper. Put them on your mirror every morning. Right? Read them. Soak in them. And when you read them, don't just read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come into agreement with them. Yes. Yes, to fix your sight, to fix your eyes on who Jesus is. And brothers and sisters, this is the promise of God. Your body, your whole body will be filled with light. Amen? Amen. Can I ask the praise team to come up? And uh, let's just take a moment to, to pray. And maybe there's a scripture. Uh, maybe it's a scripture that I mentioned. Uh, maybe it's a scripture that we read already. Maybe it's something like Psalms 56, 11. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Maybe uh, there's some lyrics. I mean, we were singing some beautiful lyrics today. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Jesus is the name above every other name. Jesus is the only one who could save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. 
Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart. Brothers and sisters, let's just take a moment and think about the Lord. It's not the kind of crunching, critiquing, worrying kind of mind. It's more a sense of being. Plant yourself, as it says in Psalm 1, along that river of life. The river is Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of your life. He gave you your life, but He is perfecting it too. You're not done, brothers and sisters. You are not alone. You start to believe that? God, you are our treasure. You are worth more than anything in this world. These things that fade away, they will pass. They will not and they cannot satisfy. But you, O Lord, are eternal. Thank you, God, for this offer of eternal life to those who would take it. May we fix our eyes, literally, (laughs) that we will uh, set them upon you, but also that they will become repaired from all the ways that our eyes have been bad, that we've been blindfolded, that we've looked at the things of this world and thought, oh, that's so good, that's going to make me happy. But as our eyes start to become repaired and we say, Jesus, you are the only one. You are the only one. You are worthy. You are so, so good. God, you are a good, good father and you will take care of me. And I am a child of God. And it won't just be knowledge that is just up in your head. It won't just be words that you read on a page, but your whole body will be filled with this light. This is what we desire. God, this is what we desire. May it be so. May it become our treasure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.